0: ¡Gracias! Welcome to Metaphysical Soul Speak. I'm your host, Elena Fox-Starks. Hey guys, I'm recording this uh, very, very late or very, very early in the morning on Sunday. I decided I kind of wanted to take the day off and the evening off. So I'm doing this, oh, about three o'clock in the morning. (laughs) So... My voice is going to be a little lower than normal, hopefully. I won't wake up the neighbors, hopefully. So, I've been wanting to do this episode for about three days. I've known about this, um, that I was going to do it. I wrote out the notes, I think late night Thursday. And I'm pretty excited about this uh, episode, actually. But first, I did want to mention that I just discovered the most amazing app. It is called Zap <laughs> or Z-APP, Z app for rife frequencies. That's R I F E. And I also realized I'm probably going to have to do a show on rife frequencies. But trust me when I say I've already been playing at this app for about an hour and it's really impressive. There's 1300 frequencies that you can choose from and it's for medical issues. And that does include emotional medical issues. There's even um, one for depression, anxiety, and one for anger that you can use with an angry dog or an angry cat. Um, I don't know. It just—it's really interesting. I'm like, I'm like, how? What's wrong with my body? What can I fix? This is kind of cool, right? <laughs> so after I play with it for about a week or so, I'm going to let you guys know my results from this app, and that will be when I do my actual rife episode. Because now that I have the app, I have to do an episode on this, right? <laughs> I've been interested in um, vibrations and frequencies for a very long time. so I'm uh learning more and more I'm researching more and more all the time, so I'll bring the best information to you once I know it myself. <laughs> But in the meantime, trust me, if you have any health issues, even uh, memory issues, try it. Why not? It's absolutely free. Z-app. They don't even know I'm doing this. I do app reviews from time to time. So, also, I wanted to mention um, yesterday, my very last episode, I did forget to mention that I got some of my information I got a couple um, basic stories about the Mojave Desert from the YouTube channel entitled Mojave Mysteries and this guy really deserves a lot of credit I will probably go through some of the material on his channel and do some future episodes because He's got a lot of information about the Mojave Desert from weird stories to UFO and alien and abduction encounter stories to just really nuts, nuts nutso, supernatural stuff. So if you're interested in that sort of thing, go check him out on YouTube. That's Mojave Mysteries. He doesn't. Again, he doesn't know I'm even doing this. But I like to tell you um, about, you know, quality channels and quality apps when I find them. Just because, yeah, good karma, <laughs> you know. And also, I like to, and um, I, I like to just share. You know, I like to share knowledge. Sometimes I feel like knowledge is all we've got, and it's all we're gonna take with us. So, hey, <laughs> why not? All right. Oh, man. I'm having allergies, so as soon as I am done recording this, I'm going to go to my Rife app (laughs) and do the one for allergies. And even though it does sound like my allergies are bad, um, I don't know, I stopped eating meat in December, and I was taking four to five different allergy pills um, pretty often, and I don't know if meat is a factor or not, but I'm eating, I'm eating more vegetables and fruit lately, and I'm down to two um, allergy pills. So, And I don't even take them every day. I did just take a really strong one, though. I did have a Benadryl that I had to smuggle into this country, by the way. I found out the Benadryl is one molecule off. It's like literally one oxygen off from cocaine. How... Bizarre is that. Cocaine lifts you up, you know, so you have tons of energy. Benadryl makes you sleep. And it's like one oxygen off when you look at the chemistry of it. I don't know. I That's just so insane, right? I had no idea. I was wondering why, why, why can't I just get a frickin' Benadryl? And apparently the only way if you're having a serious allergy to get Benadryl is at the hospital. There's only one hospital in the city that has it and it's in liquid injectable form and you have to be in the emergency room and the doctor has to administer it to you. I'm like, this is crazy. Any four year old could walk into, you know, like a dollar tree in the United States and buy Benadryl you know, from the medicine section, diphenhydramine. Uh, It's so crazy to me that it's so, so powerfully under control of the government in Ecuador. And in the U.S., it's just anyone and their uncle could buy it. Their child could buy it. You know, practically your dog can go buy it for you, you know. It's like in every single pharmacy. It's in every single grocery store. You know, convenience store, every 7-Eleven, every basically every store that sells any kind of medicine. It's in almost every single um, cough syrup and like combination, you know, cold and flu style medicine. You know, but here in Ecuador, it just does not exist. Except, so anyway, I I had a friend smuggle in 600 Benadryl pills, which will probably take me six years. It will actually expire before I'm able to finish the bottle. But, you know, sometimes I have really bad allergies and it's the only thing that saves me. Well, until this Rife frequency app, maybe this will help me. (laughs) So if you plan, need a trip, bring me some Benadryl. Just kidding. I don't need any right now. So, All right, (laughs) I am going to discuss today karmic cities. Now, there are certain cities that you associate with certain energies or vibrations. Um, There's a really funny scene I saw in the TV show Reaper many, many years ago. Reaper is a hilarious show and it's it's on YouTube. You could go see the old show on YouTube. It's about a 21-year-old well, it was on it starts on his birthday and that's the day that the devil appears and says, "So um you work for me. Your parents sold your soul to me when, you know, in order to have you." Um, they got to have you for 21 years and now you're mine. And so he's like panicking. Oh my God, what am I going to (laughs) do? And basically the whole storyline is, well, there's a leak and escaped souls from hell have to be caught. So you have to reap them for me. You are the reaper and you have to go grab the souls, trap them and send them back to hell. (laughs) <laughs> and it's a comedy <laughs> so he's just like oh my god you know <laughs> so he goes to um, return his first hell uh, demon escapee whatever <laughs> and of course all the portals to hell are located in all of the department of motor vehicles <laughs> <laughs> And if you are from the United States, you probably will agree that most DMVs are a portal to hell. (laughs) You could walk in there in the best mood, and at least in California, you walk in there in the best mood, and four and a half hours later, you may not even have what you went in there for. But you've already stood in 10 or 20 lines, and you're so angry. I mean, I'm surprised that... You know, there's not more (laughs) violence towards DMVs because they literally are like a portal to hell. But in this one scene in this show, it's an enormous setup, but (laughs) the demon is at the one counter. He has to go stand in the one line at the counter, the DMV. And she said that Phoenix, Arizona, is definitely the whole city is definitely a portal to hell and I remember when I first heard that I laughed for like an hour because it is one of the hottest places I've ever been I went there in the winter time and it was a hundred and three degrees like at two in the morning in the winter time I'm like oh my god if any place on earth is hell it's got to be here this is definitely hell or a portal to hell I always thought that and when Hun Reaper um, the demon said that to Sam the main character I was laughing so hard I'm like oh my god the DMV in Phoenix has got to be the worst place on the planet to be I mean, barring like a war zone or, you know, where you go to get Ebola or something. I don't know. I mean, Phoenix, Arizona is one of those top worst places to ever be, at least in my opinion. Which is funny because when I was a little kid, I went there and it was extremely hot when I went there as a little kid. But I do remember that the trees were... Um, all orange trees everywhere and you could just reach up and pluck an orange anywhere in the city and eat it and the city did it so people would always have oranges and have a good day they would always have something to eat and I thought that was such a great idea but the last time I went I didn't see that so I mean that was 40 years ago it was cool 40 years ago it was hot place to be like temperature wise but they had some cool ideas And I stayed at this guy's farm, or I'm sorry, his ranch, and he was raising Arabian horses. So I got three days with Arabian horses, which was an amazing experience. I love horses. I love all animals. So I got to pet a lot of horses, and they had dogs and cats and chickens. And so I got, it was just, I was in heaven being around all the animals. But uh, certain places will give you a feeling like Oh my God, I'm in hell <laughs> and you can't wait to get the flock out of there. Um, I kind of get almost a similar vibe when I look at any movie uh, made in Nebraska. I feel the same, like, Oh my God, this place is so boring. I think I would die of boredom if I was there for 10 minutes, <laughs> you know, and maybe it's just the way that the movies portray the state, but it's so flat, you know, and it's just so, uh, you know, boring looking. And I'm sorry if you're from Nebraska and I'm sorry if you're from Phoenix and you have a different opinion, that's great. But those are just my overall impressions of the places. I feel like Phoenix has really gone, you know, gotten worse in 40 years. But, um, I don't know. I mean, there are some places that you might have specific associations with that will give you a vibration of, Happiness, but it's not the overall vibe of like the city. It's your own reaction to what happens there. And you bring your own vibe to it and the people you interact with. I mean, you could walk into any city and have the worst experience ever or the best experience ever, you know? And a lot of times it just, you know, if you're new to a place and you gel and vibe with the people that most likely are vibing at the same rate of frequency as you. So if you walk into a city and you're in a really angry mood or you're depressed, those are the kind of people you're going to meet, you know, in general. So, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I've got some amazing memories of North Hollywood. I haven't been there in years, but Um, When I was growing up, I went to a church there with my family, and this church was so magical. Um, One of my favorite people that went to church there, um, she created music for the movies, you know, and she always talked about that. And one of my other favorite people, and I will mention his name, (coughs) I mean, she's, you know, she's dead. In fact, most of the people I loved from that church, (coughs) most of the adults that I knew, you know, they're long gone. You know, they're all old when I met them and I was, you know, it's 40 years ago. (coughs) Excuse me. Um, But there was this one person, Dale Oliver. And the last time I was at Disneyland, I looked for his art and when I got there they had just sold his very last piece of art and they had they had kept pieces of his art for sale for a long long time he had worked on The Rescuers and he used my friend's face as a model for Penny but because I'm a redhead he gave her red hair (coughs) <coughs> so it's like one of my weird secret claims to fame. Like, you know, I influenced somebody that I went to church with who just happened to be, um, a professional hand animator. like he would draw the, he drew the rescuers by hand. He also did the Fox and the Hound. And he did a lot of, you know, he did more than those movies, but those are the two that I know he did. Um, <coughs> Oh, I hope this Benadryl kicks in any minute. <laughs> so, um, basically, I have really good memories of being in North Hollywood. And what was weird is the whole church, the whole church, everybody there, <clears throat> we would go out to eat afterwards. You know, we'd have like a social hour and then sometimes we'd just go out to lunch even after the social hour. It was like, It was almost like a karmic convention in a positive way these were like soul group or soul friends and I always felt elevated when I was there so my associations with North Hollywood is it's incredible I mean I would walk in there and I felt like 30 people there absolutely loved me like I was family you know and every church I ever went to after that was horrible <laughs> you know you know like I'd meet like five or six people that I liked but usually it was just like maybe one or two people I would like but they didn't really want to hang out and my family like no one really gelled with each other you know after that but that was like some it was a magical church and now last time I heard well it's been 20 years but last time I heard there was a lesbian pastor who was really amazing and very sweet and open minded and it became more of a gay church which I thought wow that's actually a great legacy for this church because everyone was so open minded and loving there anyway you know and we were so close to actual Hollywood that it was just you know everything you know everyone's accepted everybody's loved you know it was that kind of a vibe and it was amazing and I feel blessed that I ever got to meet Dale Oliver. So God rest his soul and everybody, everyone there, you know, I loved them all. So, Hey, maybe they're listening from heaven. Hey guys. So yeah, I, um, have good memories about it, but I can't say that overall the energy of North Hollywood is a portal or a karmic city and West Hollywood I used to go dancing and all the gay bars there when I was in college. The best music, the best deals on drinks, and a woman cannot get enough gay men complimenting her in her lifetime. Okay, so. Ah, it was my favorite place in the world when I was in my twenties. And I went out dancing and dancing and dancing four to six hours every Saturday and every Thursday because there was specials on Thursdays too. Sometimes on Tuesdays, okay, two or three times a week. <laughs> I never used it as an excuse the next day to skip class. <laughs> So don't worry. I was a straight A student. Okay, no, I wasn't. I was a straight B student. Probably if I didn't go dancing, I would have been a straight A student. But I was in good shape back then. So, you know, it is what it is. But some places you're going to associate with great memories and good times. And that kind of sets that tone and vibration for you. But... There are other places that have a deep sort of love and sentimentality vibe to them that everybody associates with the place. For example, when I think of Berkeley, I think of politics, riots in the street, fighting against the man. And some of my best memories in the world are from Berkeley. I love Berkeley, California. It is one of the most incredibly diverse, amazing, and cool places to be. Um, you know, go spend a weekend in Berkeley. Go to the Rose Garden. There is a another garden there. I don't remember the name of it, but it is so spectacular, and it just, it's like it lifts your vibe so high that you literally feel like you're in heaven. You feel like you have left the earth through a portal you're now in heaven there's like a farm like it's like a farm full of farm animals but when I went there was nobody there like they only come Monday through Friday to watch the animals or something and when I went it was the last day of Ramadan so I think it was possibly on a Saturday or something and I went with a group from my mosque and There was nobody there watching the animals. It was so weird. So we were able to just walk in and go pet the pigs, go pet the horses. It was so weird. (laughs) And it, it felt like I'm on my own private ranch. Yep, I just walked in and here's animals everywhere and ponds and fields and roses and flowers and trees. And I mean, it just looked like it went on for miles and miles and miles. And the energy was so, so high so I don't know I mean Berkeley is a very special place now Oakland for me it's not as high in vibration but it's got some good memories and it has some people like it I don't know why (laughs) I mean there's some pretty scary parts to Oakland but overall like by Lake Merritt area that's another one of those places that just feels kind of special but I don't know why, because it's kind of like, it's an okay place, but you're always scared you're going to see a body floating by. (laughs) I don't know why. It's like weird. It's almost like, but if you saw it, you wouldn't, wouldn't be too phased by it. Whereas other places that that would happen, you'd be like terrified, mortified for life. Like Richmond, California, just across the bridge. But, um... There's other places like San Francisco. Boy, San Francisco. That place is incredible. You go to San Francisco and you literally leave your heart there. There's a whole song about it. I left my heart in San Francisco, right? Oh, God. That place just... There's something magical and charming And there's like surprises around every corner. You know, it's every bit as beautiful and magical and sweet a place as you see in all of the TV shows from Full House to Charmed, um, Hill Street Blues even. I mean, from the old, old, old shows. I mean, there's something about it that you're just... It, it almost transports you even to watch a show about it. There's something very special about San Francisco. And I mean, if you've never been, I encourage you go take a week, take a week and go there, go to the pier, have the saltwater taffy, which is not made from the seawater. So don't get scared. There's <laughs> um, just something magical. People are incredibly sweet there, I mean, I have never had a bad experience in San Francisco. When my husband and I knew that we were going to get a divorce, we knew that we were breaking up for sure. We decided to have one last family vacation before all hell broke loose. Or all hell broke loose in our life, our lives, and. It was the most incredible, magic, romantic weekend we ever had. You know, we still knew we were going to break up. You know, it was just, it wasn't going to happen for us. But we always loved each other, but even after. But I remember just while I was there, just the vibe and the energy. And even though I knew my marriage was over and I was so in love with him, Even though I knew it was over, it was like San Francisco somehow held it together for us for a while, you know. And that is one of the happiest vacations, the happiest time that my kids ever had. We wanted to give them a good memory, you know. It was really cool. It was a really cool place. So I think that San Francisco is a good karma city, I feel in my heart and my gut instinct that that place is, if you go there, you're going to meet exactly who you need to meet to make you feel better, to soothe your heart, to heal you. But it's very gentle and very quirky and very magical. Like you'll walk into a shop and you'll see exactly what you're thinking about 10 minutes before. I mean, it's, there's a magic quality to San Francisco in a very positive way. Even in Chinatown, oh my God. It is the biggest Chinatown in the world outside of actual China. It is one of the most incredible places. So I feel like as far as a karmic city is concerned, I feel like San Francisco is one of those places. It will show you that you're loved, And it will bring examples to you that you're loved. You know, um, I don't know. I mean, last time I was in Chinatown, this, this lady, I didn't even know, she came up to me and she hugged me and she grabbed my hand and she couldn't speak English. She was speaking really rapid Chinese, I think in Mandarin. I don't even know what dialect or whatever, but she forced my kids and my friend and I to go to her restaurant I mean we were scared at first because she's like okay it's raining it's cold it's a windy day (laughs) we're racing down the street trying to catch up with her she's holding on to my hand we're running and running and running and then she takes us to this weird little back alley down a little staircase in through this door and we're like oh my god what's what's happening this is so weird and we get there and it's this beautiful restaurant all kinds of greens and oranges and reds it's vibrant even though it's like in a basement and we had hot sake and amazing food I mean I think for four people eating for two hours I think we paid twelve dollars or something maybe 15 not even more than $15. I mean, that in and of itself was magical because San Francisco, I mean, I've paid $25 for a bowl of soup and an iced tea there. <laughs> just for me. So there's something very special about, I don't know, there's just karmically, if you have good karma coming your way, go to San Francisco and the universe will show you how great you are, how special you are. To be there so Sedona Arizona is next on my list as far as karmic cities that I've experienced Sedona Arizona is one of those places that if you go in the off it doesn't even matter actually if you go in the off tourist season or the tourist season if you go in the off tourist season you're gonna fall in love with it because it's so strange it's another magical place, but it's not a positive magical place. It's almost, it's a place that will show you all of your personal flaws. If you go with someone that you're in love with, it will ruin your relationship. It will point out and pull up all of your negative karma with somebody like immediately. And you will start fighting and and the fight will be so bad and so deep that it's very, very possible that it will splinter your relationship in a way that will never recover. Sedona did that to my husband and I. We were together 13 and a half years. And when we went to Sedona, I consider that to be the seed that grew into this (laughs) evil tree that broke us up. (coughs) And um, I mean, it, it brought out the worst in both of us. My good, good friend went there on her honeymoon. And I think she said, okay, well, they stayed in a a hotel that got sun for two hours a day. It's Arizona that's known for sun, but in this one hotel, there was no sun. A mountain completely blocked all of their sunshine. And she just felt like that was like the beginning of the end. (laughs) And they ended up in jail their car was impounded I think they got into a car accident I mean and I'm talking they were there for like two days three days (laughs) Sedona is like one of the worst places in the world to go it's weird and there's so many new age things and spiritual people and they're like oh yeah this is a big spiritual hot spot because all the vortexes but when I was there all I could see was, it's such a horrible place. In fact, when I went the first time, uh, it fooled me. Sedona will fool you. And I had some amazing spiritual experiences there. And that was in the off season. But it fooled me into thinking that it was okay to go home and sell our home in order to go back there and buy a, a buy a business to... And then rent a house or rent an apartment. So Sedona will screw with you heavy. Like literally we put our house on the market and went back to buy a new age store. And when we went into the new age store, we went to see the psychic because we thought, well, if we're going to buy this place, we're going to see how good the psychic is. If she's really good, we're going to keep her on. And if she's not, we will fire her and we'll have to hire somebody new. (laughs) so we went in there and she did this thing where she's like I want to vibe with you so rub this on your hands rub this on your head I'm gonna do that and then I'll be able to read you easier and she instantly gave us a massive migraine headache and she told us that we're gonna get a divorce And that we never should have come there. And Sedona is the worst place ever. And after we talked to her, and we thought, well, she's fired, right? So (laughs) after we talked to her, we went out, and the lady at the front desk was crying. And we're like, why are you crying? She said, I hate it here. Don't move. Don't buy this place. We're like, but you're trying to sell us this place. She said, not anymore. You know what? Don't move here. This place is horrible. You're going to hate it. And then we talked to another six or seven people. They were all in tears. They were all crying. They were all having headaches. They all said, we hate it here. We hate it. This is the worst place. Don't, don't, don't move here. Don't be here. This place sucks and it was like what the hell happened (laughs) because the first time we went it was in the off season people were happy to see us there wasn't anybody on the streets it was really quiet and spiritual and amazing and then we went to another psychic that day the same exact day and I knew him from a past life he threw his arms around me and he goes oh I was wondering when I was going to run into you again it's been like a thousand years And they started laughing. He goes, it hasn't been that long, but it feels like it. And he said, but that's okay. What's a thousand years between friends? Come on in. So we go in, you know, my little girl and she was like almost two. Yeah, actually she was like two months before she turned two. She was almost two. And my husband and I, and we asked him a lot of questions and, And when I hugged him, I remembered my past life with him immediately. And I'm like, oh, you were my teacher in India. He was like, yeah, you were my chila. I'm like, I knew it. I knew it on the banks of the Ganges River. That was when I was one of my lives. I decided not to be with a man. I wanted to meditate and find God, and there was nothing more important to me. So that was my life with him. Well, anyway, during this time you know here I'm married I have kids I'm like this is the first time I've ever had one kid but I want another one I want a little boy and I go do you, can you see if I have a boy coming my way and he looked at me and he goes ah oh, sooner than you think going oh my god I'm pregnant and I went home that I went home like two days later took a pregnancy test sure enough I was pregnant everything he said was hundred percent true and he did tell me I was gonna be a famous author someday He said, I'm going to learn a new way of communication with people that has never been thought of before. I still don't know what he's talking about. I'm still trying to find this and develop it. (laughs) And he also said that um, if we move to Sedona, we're definitely in a divorce. And he said, it's possible you guys are going to get a divorce anyway. And he said, if you come here and you come to me, chances are you're going to be an author. If you ever see me again, if you ever come to Sedona again, the next time you come is when you have a book and you're going to have, like, um, you're going to lecture about your book. And I've never gone back. I've never gone back, but I have written several books that I'm getting ready to release in the next year. Oh, hala. Inshallah, as God wills. But Sedona is one of those places that you don't want to go unless you're alone and you want to work through some serious karma. I had a friend that moved there in spite of all the things I told her about it. She moved there, and um, it sped up a lot of her karma. She learned a lot about herself, actually. But um, she couldn't meet a guy to save her life. She couldn't really get a job. It was just like one crap thing after another. (laughs) Oh, God. But what I discovered about that area is that the natives that live there in in the region would only go there once a year to do their ceremonies and it was a very deeply um, spiritual place high vibration a lot of portals and every portal has a different energy so and I was called to to go there the first time I even went I was called there which I'll talk about that on another day because that's a whole other topic but um, a spiritual master who was a Navajo Um, elder woman medicine woman she called me to meet up with me there so I went because of her and so I had a good experience but the thing is all of the people that go there all the spiritual people that flock there every year go and release all of their negative crap and it just it's like shaped like a giant bowl and all of their crap just hovers and it never ever gets a chance to be released from the earth no one has cleansed people's crap so that's why the people that live there are like during tourist season they're in tears they're angry they hate their life because everything is amplified it's like an amplifier place and so as far as karmic cities I feel like if you're with someone and you're not meant to be with them for the rest of your life, it's over. You take them there, their relationship is gone, though, baby. Gone. Um, when I first heard it, I thought, oh, you're just being negative. Just think positive, blah, blah, blah. No. <laughs> uh, needless to say, we didn't move there and we didn't sell our house to buy a business. We We left and never looked back. But um, Sedona is one of those really strange places. Don't go with your best friend. You might not be best friends at the end. (laughs) Don't go with anyone you love. You know, (laughs) go alone. But um, Lima, Lima, Peru is another karmic city. If you go to Lima, whether you love it or you don't love it, It doesn't matter. Lima makes a decision about you. It's like, I felt like she is a big entity. (laughs) You know, like the goddess Pele is the entity of Hawaii. And if you don't respect her, your life will be screwed with. You know, I will go over Hawaii is a whole nother ball game. I'm going to talk about that. I've never been to Hawaii, but I'm going to have to research that one. But I have direct experience. I lived in Lima for almost a year and a half like 15 months I was in Lima maybe longer like 16 months the rest of my 18 months you know the rest of that time I was actually traveling through Peru and I went all the way to the border of Bolivia and I started in Peru at the top border of Colombia and when I left Peru I went through the border of Ecuador so I didn't see the whole country I was there a long time I'll go back someday but Lima I have a lot of friends there I love them so much my um, ex-boyfriend I was with he's still there we still talk every few days we're still good friends Um, never I'll never be with him again you know in a relationship situation but um, he did make it easier for me for the first year and I don't know Lima is If you go to this city and she does not like you, she will force you to stay. And it's almost like with one hand, she's caressing you to keep you there, while the other hand, she's pummeling you, punching you in the face and holding you down. That's how I felt when I was in Lima. I felt like I loved it there and I loved the people there and they hated my guts I will someday I'm going to write a book about living there because it was in fact the name of my book will be called Incomodo Dragon Incomodo means uncomfortable in Spanish because there's so many things about that city that I loved so much but I might have one wonderful experience followed by five terrible experiences on the same day and when I went to leave she would not let me leave one thing after another after another after another delayed me for close to five months I had a friend who went there for 90 days and ended up there for six months in fact most of my friends that had some kind of weird karmic connection somehow to Lima You know, it's like you have a good or a bad relationship with Lima. She either super loves you and you have a wonderful experience and she holds you there and gives you more wonderful experiences or she'll hold you there and punish you because you do not belong to her. It's almost like Lima is a goddess, okay? It's weird because like the word Lima in Spanish just means lime or lemon. But... She, there's just something about it I don't know it's a karmic city the other karmic city that I wanted to talk about is it's a weird place but it's a beautiful place and everyone goes on vacation there it's a tourist town another tourist town and that's Santa Barbara I don't know I moved to Santa Barbara because I felt in my heart of hearts that's where I wanted to be that was my ultimate place to live. Probably because at the time I was making the decision, I was 18 years old (laughs) and there was a um, soap opera by the name of Santa Barbara and everybody was wealthy and everything was beautiful and lovely. And there's the beach and there's this and there's that. And it's healthy and sexy and exciting. So, I had to be in Santa Barbara. It is one of those sexy, exciting places I always knew I would love, and I love it so much. I loved Santa Barbara. The karmicness of Santa Barbara, and it is definitely a karmic city, the karmicness of Santa Barbara is that she will welcome you with open arms. She won't punish you for being there, but she will give you your lessons in a very gentle and loving way. And she will make sure that you get every opportunity. You will find love there, you will find fun, you'll have the right people to party with and you'll meet all the right people. You'll have all the right experiences But every time you mess up, your karma comes back to you instantly. She teaches your lessons in a very gentle and loving way. But the city of Santa Barbara, California, will... She'll bring you your karma. You know, she'll bring you your lessons. She'll put you through your paces and she'll almost like need you like your bread, you like your dough, and she'll cook you until you're done, and you're going to come out a pretty fine looking loaf of bread, but when you're done, she kicks you out. She kicks you out of the house like a <laughs> like a, a, a parent who has put up with enough of your crap and the day after your 18th birthday, you're out, Jack. <laughs> you're an adult now. Get the hell out of my house. That's what Santa Barbara does to you. I was there for seven years. <laughs> and at the end of the seven years, it was over. I mean, like, I lost my boyfriend of six and a half years. <laughs> we were there the whole time. I was there for another six months after he left. So I lost my boyfriend and my and then I got a new roommate right away within 3 months. I lost my roommate, I lost my apartment, and I lost my job on the same freaking day. So after I lost my boyfriend, it was like a couple more months, you know, I still remained maybe like 6 months. <laughs> I got a brand new boyfriend, but the minute I I I felt like Santa Barbara kicked me out of the house and I kept coming back on the weekends to go see my boyfriend. Um, Rick Seymour he was actually one of the original Chippendales dancers when Chippendales was a brand new thing and if you have any old memorabilia of, of a really hot John Travolta looking Italian dude doing the John Travolta style dance like in a nightclub situation. I used to have that button of this guy on my Letterman's jacket when I was in high school, okay? This guy ended up being my boyfriend. <laughs> I didn't know it was him until months after we were in the relationship. He's like, did I ever tell you I was one of the original Chip and Dale's dancers and I was famous for doing a John Travolta knockoff dance? <laughs> uh anyway Rick if you're hearing this I love you I haven't seen you in years and years but uh, I miss you man (laughs) but Santa Barbara is one of those places that will just I will tell you okay so when I got to Santa Barbara I was sick really really sick and I prayed and prayed and prayed God universe holy guardian angels, higher self, you know, whatever and whoever's out there. I really, really need help. And we didn't have the Internet. No one had computers, you know, back then. You know, people in offices did, but, you know, the average person didn't really have a need for it. Internet hadn't been invented. No one really had a cell phone yet. You know, it was 1987. Harmonic Convergence had just happened, baby. The New Age movement was just starting. And so I went through the yellow pages, the phone book. (laughs) I looked at New Age stores, and there was a few. I was in heaven. I could not believe it. New Age stores existed. (sighs) I was so relieved. And I told my boyfriend, okay, we're going to go down there. We're going to go to the New Age store. I just have a feeling something good was gonna happen but um, a couple days before I had been so sick that I was rushed to an urgent care clinic and they gave me a bunch of medicine and they were really really scared and they did not tell me but one of my lungs was completely filled with fluid and my other lung was one third of the way filled with fluid they were pretty sure they are going to have to remove one of my lungs they didn't want to scare me they were hoping that a miracle would happen they sent me home said they were going to pray for me the doctor he was Catholic said he was going to pray for me I'm like well I believe that the power of prayer works so thank you I'm going to pray for me and he said, "But I need you to walk around every day for an hour or two in the sun. Be in the sun, walk around, get some fresh, fresh air. Santa Barbara is good for fresh air. It's a beautiful place. It's right on the ocean." All right, fine. So the next day, I took my medicine, and the next day or two days, I think it was two days later, my boyfriend said, "Let's go. You gotta, you gotta go ahead and um, walk." we'll walk very slowly. Cause I could barely breathe. Obviously my lungs were, you know, so I said, we have to go to the store. I have a feeling. And I went into the store and I was looking at all the things. And I did a little meditation before I went in and I said, God, if there's anything in the store, it's going to heal me. Let me go right to it. And because it's Santa Barbara, a beautiful karmic city, she, guided me right to a rack of hypnosis tapes and I touched the one for healing and I got that affirmation feeling that just the chills went through my body it was a hot day but the chills went through my body and I got this affirmation tingly feeling up and down my spine and I said I have to buy this and it was twenty. Dollars. Now, we had just, we didn't have any money with us at the moment. We couldn't remember what street our bank was on, and we didn't even have a bank card because <laughs> we had just put our money in the bank and we're waiting for it to show up in the mail. And the only way to get money out was to go to the branch, which we could remember what street it was on or where it was. We could barely remember the name of the, of the place. We had just like been there for about four days or something. And, um, the person who was helping us was my, my boyfriend's sister who had gone out of town for three days. So we don't have a car. We're taking the bus everywhere. We have a whopping $10 in our pocket, and that was enough to live on for three days, we thought. We were so dumb. But but we thought, oh, $10. Because in Minnesota, $10 was enough. We came on a bus all the way from, actually, from Grand Forks, North Dakota, all the way to Santa Barbara by Greyhound. So it was a leap of faith. So with our $10, you know, we thought, well, that's enough to you know, get a meal and get the bus back home. And we had enough food in the house to eat until his sister came back. Well, we went outside and we sat down and I started crying and I go, you know, I have a feeling I'm going to die, but I do have a, a stronger feeling that if I could get that hypnosis tape, I will be better by my Tuesday appointment. And this is like on a Saturday. (laughs) And I think it was like the Thursday before that they were, they had already scheduled my lung removal surgery for the following Tuesday if I was not better because they were so scared because I was so sick. I had pneumonia and bronchitis. And they said that my my lung would, if if it wasn't better by Tuesday, it was going to be necrosed. (laughs) like dead inside my body and, and it was going to kill me my whole, it would just be a, a systemic infection that they would not be able to fix unless they remove the lungs so they were pretty sure that I was going to have the surgery they were like 90% sure I was going to have the surgery and like 75% sure that if I don't I'm going to die right, so it was like that bad and we sat on the on the curb, and I didn't know this. I didn't know any of that, but I looked at it, my boyfriend. I said, I know that there's a chance I'm going to die here, man. I don't want to die, and I know that thing's going to help me. He's like, well, there's nothing I could do. What do you think? I could just pull money out of thin air? That's insane. Like, oh, wait. It's not insane. We're going to create it. And he's like, what? I go, yeah, sure. Why not? We're new Ag. We can meditate. We just went to harmonic convergence. We have good karma coming our way. I didn't know anything about karmic cities. I didn't know Santa Barbara was a lovely karmic city. I didn't know, but I had a feeling, you know, it was like this intense power. So I, within me and I said, look in your wallet. And he goes, look, all I have is this 10. And he opened every little section of his wallet and he folded it back up and shoved it back in his pocket. I go, no, 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 look in your wallet again. <laughs> He's like, I just did. <laughs> He's starting to get mad. Well now, look in your wallet again. He looked in his wallet and I go, let me see every part of it, every part of it, every part of it. And then he folded it back up. Okay, there was no more money. I'm like, nah, you got twenty in there. And I visualized and imagined twenty dollars being in his in his wallet. In the far corner. Just like one part that you don't reach when you open it. You know, I don't know. Just he pulled his wallet out again. Okay. Oh, looks like we're we're at the fifty-five mark. This is the longest episode I've ever made. So I'm going to uh, wrap this up real quick. He pulled his wallet out again, opened it up, and I forced him to open it farther. And in the far reaches, there was a twenty-dollar bill. And I'll tell you the rest in a minute. <laughs> I cannot believe that we're at the top of the hour almost. This is literally the longest episode I've done so far. All right, so my boyfriend, I forced him to open his wallet. Forced him to open his wallet, and sure enough, in the far reaches of his wallet, there was his 20, and it was all folded up, and he said, How did you do that? I go, I don't know. I think it's this city. I think it's Santa Barbara. I think that this city, I think that she is magical. We've only been here four days, and I feel the magic. I feel the karma. This is a beautiful place to be. This city just saved my life. And we went in and we grabbed the self hypnosis tape for healing. (laughs) And it was a little over $20 because of the taxes so we had like $8 or something left. And I said, okay, Santa Barbara, we only have $8. We need to eat. All the restaurants on State Street were so expensive. And I said, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go for it. I, so we walked real slow. I was still having a lot of problems. But I had the tape, and I just held it to me. I just clutched it to my heart. I knew this was going to help me. I just knew it and uh, didn't know it at the time but it was gonna start me on a lifelong love of hypnosis I ended up seeing a hypnotherapist for a while and I have been a certified clinical hypnotherapist now (sighs) since 1997 so um Santa Barbara is a wonderful city for karma, a wonderful karmic city. <laughs> she did put me on the correct path. So, anyway, we're walking down State Street and I saw a little teeny tiny passageway. And I said, Come on. And I grabbed my boyfriend and I started walking really fast. He's like, Where are we going? I go, I don't know, but I feel we have to go this way. I had a psychic feeling and i went and i and i said okay we're here and he's like where's here we found ourselves in like a spanish courtyard like with trees and plants everywhere the sun was starting to set and there was shadows light and shadows everywhere i'm looking around i'm looking around and i went up there and i looked and there's this weird like rickety looking <laughs> staircase wooden staircase brown staircase i'm like up there and it looked like there might be a restaurant we get to the top and it was a mexican restaurant and (laughs) for six dollars and 95 cents we got the biggest plate of nachos you could imagine with i mean loaded with Meat and beans and sour cream and cheese and guacamole and like olives and tomatoes and fresh vegetables I think it had carrots I mean it was the most incredible it was an enormous plate of nachos and we ordered water with a squeeze of lemon (laughs) because we still needed 50 cents to get back And we uh, ate, and we were full for the whole night. We didn't have to eat when we got home. I mean, it was like a miracle. It it was literally a miracle. So we, we got home on the bus, and it was just starting to get dark, and we had to walk up the hill. And it was time for me to take my medicine again, so... I took my medicine and I said, I'm just going to go to bed and I'm going to listen to my hypnosis tape. And I had, it was a cassette and I had a cassette player that allowed for a loop option. So I could listen to front and back again again and again and again and again and again and again. It would reverse and loop and it was a special option. It was the only player in the store that had this option when I bought it but I it was my favorite thing in the world I was like yeah this is cool so on the front it was sublim or on, on the front it was hypnosis where you're consciously aware of what he was saying and on the back it was only subliminal messages about healing and I consciously listened until I fell asleep and it looped over and over and over and over and over again and I played it from Saturday night until Tuesday morning when I had my appointment. And remember, Tuesday was when they were going to remove my lung <laughs> to save my life. And from Saturday night until Tuesday morning, I had a miraculous healing by Tuesday morning, I just had like a little bit of a cough. No more fluid in my lungs. I was 100% cured almost, like 95% cured. Within a week, I was 100% better. So, when I say that Santa Barbara is a karmic city, but it's a sweet, loving, gentle karmic city, it, it's the truth it's the truth I had a friend who um, wanted to leave Santa Barbara and he wasn't finished with his karmic lessons and she forced him to stay for two more years and then when he went to leave she wouldn't kick him out she wanted him to stay so he had to stay an extra week but at the end of that week everything flowed perfect so he could leave And during that week, he had a lot of loose ends that he didn't think would ever tie up, all tied up nice and neat, nice, like a nice little package. And that's what she did. Now, another, another example about, uh, this is my last example about Santa Barbara. Um, it was really, really weird, but a perfect and cute example. You know, so long after I was healed, and everything's better, things are cool, Well, I'm going to give you two examples, actually, and then then I'm going to be done (laughs) because this is getting way too long. This is like the longest episode I've done so far. So um, basically I got on a bus and I had the dollar in my hand to pay. It was like 75 cents or something to take the bus. And I had the dollar in my hand, got on the bus, And I forgot to pay, and the driver forgot to ask me. And I went to the back of the bus and I sat down, and I didn't even notice until I looked down and went, Oh my gosh, I stole my money in my hand. And I said, Well, woohoo, that's a bonus. Put the money back in my purse. I was dishonest in that moment. I'm not proud of that. But I didn't pay the 75 cents, it was a Sunday. And I went down to the downtown area. I was going to go to my favorite New Age store to tell them about the miracle that the hypnosis tape had done for me. You know, the hypnosis was a miracle. And Santa Barbara led me right to it. And I thought, you know what? I'm going to have to get a job. And I need a paper. Might as well get the Sunday paper. <laughs> Which cost, guess what? You got it, 75 cents. So I put the 75 cents in the, once I got off the bus downtown, I put 75 cents in the uh, newspaper stand and it jammed and I lost my money. <laughs> so I'm all woohoo, I'm up 75 cents. And then oh man, I just lost 75 cents. I mean within ten minutes. Santa Barbara makes you a very honest person. If you have a little bit of dishonesty or a little bit of a lack of integrity going on, she will straighten you out like a like a true mother that loves you. Um so I had to pay an extra, so I paid $1.50 to get a 75 cents paper because I lost. And you know what? When I got back on the bus, I actually gave them a $1.50. I said, and he said, well, it's only 75 cents. I go, you know what? Earlier I was riding the bus and I forgot to pay. And I gave him an extra 75 cents. And he's like, you're a good person. I go, no, because I was laughing about it that I got away with it. And Santa Barbara won't allow me to get away with it. So I'm, I'm doing the right thing. because she's making me do the right thing (laughs) and from that point forward man I learned a lot of lessons one time I was judging someone about wearing something I was thinking well they're too fat to wear that you know I just had a negative body shaming thought about somebody and within I would have to say three seconds I fell flat on my face Now, in that scenario, who's the most embarrassed person in the area? Obviously, it's me. I freaking skinned my knee because I was uh, judging somebody, shaming somebody in my mind. It wasn't even out loud. Santa Barbara, like, it's almost like the city is so karmic that it knows your thoughts, and it reads everything, and just boom. And I had my, um, I had a... um, spirit guide that I was telepathing with psychically he was disincarnate and he was always telling me stuff and he I felt like he tripped me and I felt like Santa Barbara kind of allowed for all the circumstances to come into place so that when I left Santa Barbara I no longer had negative thoughts about people I no longer said woohoo about dishonesty it made me a very good person in seven years to live there you know i just i met some amazing people i had great experiences i learned a lot about who i was as a person i learned about my personal strengths who i am inside i learned spiritually how to protect myself Mm. you know i learned i was an empath that city brought me all the right books at all the right moments brought me all the right people and all the right experiences and I will never forget that city. And I will never feel bad for having had those seven years in that city, in that karmic city. So I hope that you've enjoyed my extremely long episode today. It's important to know and I don't I don't know that um every city would be a karmic one for you. Like Denver, Colorado. I love that place with all my heart. It's a beautiful city, but it feels um energetically neutral. And everyone I've talked to kind of had the same feeling. Like there's not a good vibe or a bad, or a bad vibe. It's just a neutral vibe. And sometimes you need that kind of a break. You know, there's not a karmic reckoning that's going to go on. You know, Sedona that's a karmic reckoning city Lima is in the middle it's kind of like if you belong there you'll be great if you don't belong there you'll be forced to stay there and it won't be great but you'll still end up with a lot of good friends but Santa Barbara is one of those places that was magical and sweet in a beautiful way but she guided me like a mother and I can't say you know that that's not there's no other way to put it and San Francisco is a city that reminded me how loved I am as a person, and I'm not the only one. Everybody I know who goes there, they, you know, my um, my oldest uh, kid is uh, living in Berkeley right now, and goes over to San Francisco uh, once or twice a week. You know, and is with his fiance, and he and they're just like so happy and love, and it's just they go there to feel more love. I could tell I feel it from them. We're going to be in San Francisco. You know, even if they're doing nothing, they're just going to sit at the beach or something. It's just such a beautiful energy. The love is there, you know? Anyway, I hope that you guys can uh, tell me more about karmic cities. You've come across, send me messages. I'll play them on the air send me ideas for new shows, anything you want. It's very, very easy. You could use the Anchor app or you could use the anchor.fm forward slash metaphysical to go to my website and write on my first page of my website. Um, I still haven't updated it, by the way. So it says that my show is playing on a specific radio station. It isn't anymore. It's been a couple years since it's been there. But that radio station is excellent. It's all positive programming, but um, you could write me a message right from my website, which is soulspeakradio.com. You could go right through the anchor to get there. Anyway, I love you with all my heart. I'm grateful you're my listener. I am grateful you have sat here for this long listening to my show this time. It was an important one. It was one that I was very excited about because whew, where you live is so important. You know, it's beyond the numerology. It's beyond all the other stuff, and I'll do numerology show in the future, but it's beyond all that. When there's a karmic city involved, you got to know what you're getting into before you move there. Every place has a different vibe to it. And speaking of vibes, I'm going to... Say goodbye right now. So I am signing off with peace and joy and the high vibes of the Holy Fifth Dimension. Until next time.